Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. Coming up in today's Clark Rageous Moment, something that's caused so much tragedy for families, these new laundry and dishwasher pods are now causing a game among teenagers that can cost a teenager his or her life I'm going to tell you what you need to know about this incredible Clark Rageous moment. And later, interest rates in the economy are rising. Inflation seems to be a word we'll be using in the near future. And that means that this is going to have a big impact on you. If you owe money, I'm going to tell you your marching orders to keep you healthy financially later on. Right now, I am stunned to have to bring you this. The Wall Street Journal in an investigation done by two reporters has found that employees of three of the discount brokers have been putting people into products that costs the customer more money in return for the employees receiving what can be from moderate to giant bonuses. Fidelity Investments, Charles Schwab, and TD Ameritrade, who are all in the category, they're the three dominant players in discount brokerage, and offer investments that are available at incredibly low costs. But these three firms are alleged, and this is based on insider whistleblowers and investigation by the Wall Street Journal, that employees are either being encouraged or want to put people in higher cost things so they can earn these special larger bonuses. This is very distressing to me. Because one of the great advances that occurred in investing occurred two generations ago when Chuck Schwab himself took on the entire brokerage industry. There was a good old boy network that charged massive fees to anybody doing business with them. And this one man busted up the cartel. And now the company that bears his name is one of the three accused of playing games with customer money. Now, it is true that these three all offer a variety of investments that cost about zip. But this is about people in their branches steering you towards things that are not their real low-cost options. And that's why I'm so big on us having the fiduciary rule, which is where people who provide investment advice would have to do what was best for you, not what's best for them. And I don't think there could be a stronger argument 
then when you're dealing with these companies that are ones that are looked at as the good guys in the stock brokerage industry are engaging in some of the practices of what I consider to be the bad guys, the full commission stock brokerages. Fiduciary rule is something that is under assault in Washington. The idea of it is that when you take your hard-earned money and you go to someone for advice, that they must, must do what's in your best interest, period. And there are any of a number of organizations now that have adopted the fiduciary rule and standard. And if you want to make sure nobody plays dirty pool with you, then, by the way, that's what you should be doing is getting your financial advice from somebody who is a fiduciary. In the investigative report from the Wall Street Journal, the biggest of the discount brokers, the second biggest money manager in the world, does not permit any of this foolishness of steering people into higher cost things, does not give people any bonuses for putting people into higher cost things, and that's the investment co-op called Vanguard. Rhett is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Rhett. How you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm fine. How are you? Great. Thank you, Rhett. Uh, you've been solicited, I guess, by mail? No, no, on on uh, on the radio ads. And what is being promoted to you? Well, I've been I've been told that uh, there's a new type of cybercrime that I need to be worried about, and that some sneaky person is going to somehow steal the title to my home and uh, and then stick me with a big bill. So I'm, what's being advertised is a service that will somehow protect me against that. Um, and it'll monitor what's call. going on with the title right. to your home, your property. And right. these services are subscription services that generally are in the range of about 8 to $15 a month. Right. How much was the one you saw? They, you know, I, I never even got that far. I so, didn't even ask what the price was. I just it. I tried to do some looking around to see see what these were all about, and really all I could find was mostly just ads from the folks that are providing those services. So, so yeah, that, this I question went to your website and and uh, couldn't really find anything specific. So, I oh, we'll post something there because I've answered this question probably uh, five or six times. Oh, okay. And what I did in this case was we went to consult with real estate lawyers, and it was unanimous after talking with several that this is something you should not spend money on. That's, that's kind of what I figured. So um, when up front, when you're buying a home, there's a product that you should buy that almost nobody buys called owner's title insurance. And people who take out a mortgage are required to buy title insurance that protects the lender, but you're left exposed if somebody later successfully challenges your ownership of a property. Owner's title is a product that you can piggyback on to the policy you're already having to buy, uh, usually at a very low premium that provides protection to you from somebody who would allege you don't have proper ownership. But what, what this is about is there 
are a small number of spectacular crimes that have happened in the country where criminals have forged documents in an attempt to strip the equity from your home by claiming ownership. They're specifically looking for people who own their homes free and clear. They file false paperwork that they are now the owner, Mm -hmm. and then they go borrow against it in what's known as equity stripping. So the thing that anyone should look for that's the tip-off is if you start receiving any odd mail about your home, um, anything, and it could be any of a variety of things that would be like, oh, why am I getting this solicitation? Or if you get something from a credit bureau saying that an address of yours has changed or anything like that, that would be a tip-off. And just paying attention to those kind of things is the by far the most important thing to do. And right. I would not. If I've, pay- already, if I've already frozen my credit with the major bureaus, would, would that prevent this sort of activity from happening? Yeah, so if you've frozen your credit, even if somebody tries to equity strip, they can't. Okay. So uh, it's weird how many things wind their way back to credit freeze being the best way to protect yourself. Right. So don't subscribe to any other services. You're good. Great. Thanks for your help. Thanks, and have a great day. And Mary's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi, Clark. My husband and I are retired pharmacists, and we want, and we have no drug insurance, so we want to check on prices. Two of our doctors say they must transmit new prescriptions to the pharmacies. They claim the government wants them to. This does not give us the opportunity to check prices. We want written prescriptions, which they won't do. Okay. One doctor tra- so, so wait, wait. You're talking about a customer no service issue at a doctor. Yes. Because for the doctor, it's easier, and for the office, it's easier for them now to transmit electronic prescriptions. I know of no requirement from the government that any doctor do such a thing. Well, I'll have to get in a fight with them then. (laughs) One doctor transmitted a drug to the wrong store, and the price was $147 higher than the pharmacy we said to send it to. And, And this does happen. I had a situation where... There was a clerical error at a doctor's office, and they sent a prescription for one of my kids to the wrong pharmacy, and the price difference was over $300 from where they sent it to. And so I had to go through this whole procedure to kill the original prescription and get a new one issued, because once it's sent electronically, it has to be, the first one's got to be basically destroyed in the system for the second one to be issued. Right. They did say that they would transmit it, and then we can go home and check the price and then call them back, and they'll transmit to the correct store. Then we have to call and cancel the prescription at the first store. What a pain. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so that sounds like a doctor's office problem more than anything else. Okay. I I just wanted to know if there was some federal law that they have to do that. But two not that not anything that I have heard. Doctors still have prescription pads. And let's say they're writing any kind of controlled substance, they write from a special prescription pad. 
And right. in many cases with a controlled substance, uh, doctors that might transmit other prescriptions electronically will tend to write a traditional script for anything that's a controlled substance. But if you're just getting regular old meds, there's right. no reason that the doctor can't just follow or the office can't follow your instructions. It's a, okay. They don't want to instead of they're being required to do this other thing. Okay. Well, I'll speak to them again about it. And you said you're both require, uh, retired pharmacists. So right. did you always know that there was such a giant difference in the cost of prescriptions from one place to another when you were practicing? or is There this... never was when we were practicing. We practiced for 40 years, and we've been retired for 17 years. That makes us older than the dinosaurs, as you say. So, <laughs> no, I say that about me. I can't say that about I know, you. I know. So, I know. so this is really a relatively new thing with the massive difference in drug prices from one place to another. I believe it's the lobbyists, I believe. Well, my wife, uh, when I was out of town, needed to fill a prescription, and I told her to check on GoodRx.com to see mm-hmm. how much it was to just fill direct, not using our uh, pharmacy benefits. And mm-hmm. it was another time that the drug was cheaper, filling it just straight at a pharmacy than to do it through our prescription benefit. And that happens mm-hmm. so much now that mm-hmm. you're paying more if you file through any kind of insurance than if you buy directly just by surveying the market and seeing what's out there and what it costs. So um, I'm really sorry that the doctor's office is being difficult to work with, but you're the one whose instinct is right on that. The doctor's office certainly can cooperate with you sending it to wherever's cheapest today's clark rageous moment is a heads up for you you may have heard me talk over the last few years about how careful you have to be if you have young children because of the laundry pods that are so colorful and the dishwasher pods that are so colorful they look like to a small child like food packets And you talk to anybody who works in a pediatric hospital emergency room, they've dealt with the tragedy over and over again of young children crawling around, getting to the laundry pods or the dishwasher detergent pods. And if you are a parent of a young child, know those need to be out of reach, up high in an upper cabinet if you're going to buy those things because they look like candy to a kid. But now there are warnings coming from every direction that is why this is a Clark Rageous moment. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. So there's a big push on social media that teenagers use that they are now taking a dare called the Tide Pod Challenge. And people will bite into the pods, as teenagers will bite into them, and do this live on social media. And then the danger to the teenagers is intense. This Tide Pod challenge 
I can't believe you have to explain to a teenager that this is really dumb and that this could be deadly. But very, very important that you make sure that... I can't even believe I'm having to say this, that your teenager knows that that's not a good idea that could kill them? Really? But teenagers, sometimes their brains are still developing. They want to impress their friends or whatever. They may do something really dumb, and there may be no coming back from it. So parents, you deal with that how you wish. Parents of very young children know either don't buy laundry and dishwashing pods or put them way up high in your home. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com's our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. All right, new stats out that total credit card debt outstanding in the United States has broken a trillion dollars. This is a massive increase over the last year and a half. Ginormous increase. Number of people running balances way, way, way up. And in fact, it's getting ugly out there that new study shows, survey was done by YouGov, finds that more than a third of people with credit card debt, say they're never going to be able to pay off the balance, that they will die still owing balances on credit cards. Now, that is a disaster. Nobody ever got rich owing Visa or MasterCard an unpaid balance. And now to add salt to that wound is the Federal Reserve raises the interest rates it controls that are going to go up this year maybe another three times could be four times could be two but interest rates steadily headed higher as they've been progressing higher the first two places you feel that are home equity lines of credit that are floating interest rate lines of credit on your home and the other credit cards and generally the federal reserve raises the interest rates it controls and within days or weeks the interest rate you pay on whatever credit card balances you have that goes up as well i i got really distressed when i saw this new stat that had broken a trillion dollars To give you a sense of measurement, that is beyond hideously ugly. It's racing to catch up with the amount of student loan debt outstanding in the economy. And you know college costs a fortune. So if that cumulative debt is in a race to be the ugliest with credit card debt, wow. So we have now started a new Facebook group called Ditch Your Debt. The idea of Ditch Your Debt is to help each other and guide each other. And along with it at Clark.com, 
I'm going to continually put up suggestions for you about strategies and techniques for you to get credit card debt under control. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to feel powerless. And it's wonderful when you hear somebody call into the show who's had a mountain of credit card debt, resolved they were going to take it on, and they're calling me to tell me they're either now debt-free or they soon will be. And the pride they feel and the empowerment they feel in their lives. And you may hear somebody like that. Maybe you have a lot of credit card debt. You hear it, and rather than being inspired, you feel like that could never happen to me. We don't do never here. It's all about coming up with a plan that will help you reach a goal, which is to not be the prisoner of Visa or MasterCard. You know, it's like a serpent that lures you in. And they make it easy for you. And when you got some credit, they'll give you more. And when you got more, they'll give you more again. And the problem about human psychology is when we're given that permission, often we take it on. And then before we know it, we got more debt than we can handle. So please, if you feel like you can't get past this debt, I want you to make 2018 the year you ditch your debt. You can link to it from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Clark Howard, or you can go facebook.com slash ditch your debt, and we'll help you get that done. From clark.com, you can get there. The whole idea is I want you to get to where you're telling the credit cards who's boss instead of them running your life. Pam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Pam. Hi, Clark. Thanks for having me. Pam, it's so great to have you here because you fit perfectly with what I've just been talking about. I noticed that. (laughs) What's happening with your credit cards? Well, I'm finally ready to pay off my credit cards. I'm so happy about that. But I was wondering... Should I make an electronic payment, get a money order, or do a personal check? It doesn't matter. The fact that you you put a smile on my face, by the way. (laughs) The fact that you're paying them off is great. Now, let me tell you one gotcha when you pay off the balances. Uh Uh-huh. The interest accumulates daily. So you've got to call the credit card companies and find out what your balance is on that day you want to make a payment and include whatever daily interest calculation they're adding on from what your last statement showed. And then if you want to make sure you've hit it just right, then you would want to pay electronically. Are you saying that that payoff balance is not going to be the same as the balance that shows on the the, um, website? Correct. Because it will be accumulating if you had an outstanding balance that was a revolving charge. Uh-huh. They're calculating a daily interest of point da 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 percent, whatever that is, and so it recalcs your balance every every day. Okay, super. I mean, super that I know. 
And so I want to hear how much a burden at one time were credit cards. Oh, I'm paying off um, eighteen thousand. Wow, that's a lot of well, balance. It's 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 closer to seventeen five, but it's a little above that, so round it off to eighteen. And you're going to wipe it out? How are you doing that all at once? I, I am wiping it out all at once. I am. I just got got lucky and came into some money, so I'm going to pay off my debt, and then I will only owe my house payment. So. And how are you going to keep from letting that happen again? What What's your plan for that? Well, I'm not going to put any medical expenses on a credit card again. Okay, so this was not lifestyle. This was medical costs, right? And it was a. I did a, a one time a, a big quick charge of fourteen thousand um, on for medical expenses. I see. And that's where it started. Yeah. And is your health okay now? Yes, we're going good. <laughs> great, great. So, you know, half of all uh, debt problems in the country are because of medical. So oh. the reason that's good in your case is that when someone ends up with a balance on credit cards and it was because of a medical event, it means there's not a lifestyle pattern that you have to change or beat. So... That's, I mean, that's really good news, and the fact that your health is good now, that's great news. So uh, just it's going to feel wonderful to have that lifted off of you and not owe any of them any money. I can't wait. <laughs> well, great. And uh, it's always something people feel burned by when they think, I've made my last payment to these people. I'm done with them. And then the next month they show you still owe money, and that's why you got to find out, that daily additional charge so that you really, really, really are done with them. Janine is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Janine. What's going on, Janine? On my way to work, I have been hearing about these web-based companies that um, can, they act as the purchaser if you wanted to sell your house. You send them pictures, information about your house, and they send you back a price they could buy it for. Um, and then you don't have any scheduled showing. You don't have people coming in and out of your house when you're not home. And I just haven't heard any pros or cons. I think it's a relatively new way of selling homes. And I wanted to know if you knew or had heard of any pros or cons dealing with this type of a house sale. Well, I think it's fantastic because there are these popping up around the country and nobody's in every city, but there are a number that they're getting a lot of big money behind them where they come into a market and they've got sweet spots. They're generally looking for homes that are mid-priced homes in a metro area. And so if you have a really, really expensive home, they're not interested. If you have a really, really inexpensive home, they're not interested. They're interested in the mid-market, and they do an avowal, they make an offer to you. If it feels good enough to you, you take it, you're done. And you just uh, take their money and move out. So there is no gotcha about it. This is really different, I should point out, Janine, between what was going on in the real estate bus last decade 
and what we're talking about today, because we're in a pretty strong housing market, particularly for mid-priced homes in much of the country. So it's not like somebody's trying to offer you a lowball uh, for certainty and you'll get out because they've made an offer to you and your house hadn't been moving, you've been trying to sell it for a long time or whatever. This is just a different way of uh, selling real estate and buying real estate. Have you gotten a firm offer yet from one of these companies? No, we haven't submitted anything yet, but we have tried to sell our home a couple of times. And the last realtor even said, you know, he would buy it if it didn't sell, but they do send a lowball offer for that. Um, and I didn't know what their charge would be either. Well, what tends to happen, and again, there are several companies doing this, and they all use a little bit different model, but they might charge you the equivalent of a couple of points of commission for doing the deal. And so they make money typically on being able to turn your house really fast. So they buy it from you. They come in and do whatever decorating they want to do, painting, repairs, uh, whatever they want to do with the lawn. And then their goal is to sell your house within 20 days once they have you out. So they're trying to turn the house really quickly. So what you've got to see, Janine, is the offer that that one of these companies makes to you, is it generous enough that you're like, you know what, we'd like to be done. That's good enough money for our house. We're gone. And the people who have it the best are people who live in a community that has more than one of these companies competing in your area. So um, if you were to go to whatever search engine you like to use, and you put in the name of the company you're thinking of calling for an offer, you'll probably almost certainly see other companies that might be doing the same thing where you live. So I'd go for it. There's no gotcha or ripoff with this. I've not had a single complaint from anyone except what you said about the company you talked about that the offer they'd made to buy your house if it didn't sell was too low for you. That's the only complaint I've had about any of these, is that people didn't think the offer was generous enough. So if you get an offer that you say, hey, that's in my sweet spot of what I'd like for my house, I'd do it and be out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Carlo is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Carlo. How's it going? 
Hey Clark, um, been a long time listener and been following a lot of your advices. Thank Thanks you. for those. So I want to know your take on something. Um, every year when I do my portfolio rebalancing, I usually reevaluate my investments. And on my research this year, I came across this real estate crowdfunding sites. And um, I'm not sure if you let me mention some of them, but that's... No need to mention the names. I get a lot of calls about them. Oh, um, did you say go ahead? No, no need to mention them because I got okay. so many okay. calls about these real estate crowdfunders. Yeah, um, but they, they let you be an investor. It's either you fund the loans or be like a partner for the developers that are developing this uh, real estate um, projects. But uh, they seem to be a middle ground between landlording and REIT indexes. So uh, the latter is where I'm at right now for a small percentage of my portfolio so I can have an easy real estate stake. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on investing through these sites as opposed to REITs. I much much prefer uh, REITs. And I should explain what this means to your fellow listener. So the idea of a real estate investment trust is where you invest in something that can be uh, let's say a, a investment group that's investing in hotels or apartments or shopping centers or storage units or any of a number of real estate plays. But I'm actually a fan of going a step further removed and doing a REIT index fund where you own shares of many different REITs all in one fund at ultra low cost. That gives you maximum diversification with the real estate part of your investing you're doing. Someone else is having to identify properties, buy them, manage them, decide when to sell them, collect past due rents. They're doing all that. All you're doing is you're benefiting from them making good investment decisions in real estate or suffering because they made bad ones. If you go into one of these crowdfunding things, the problem, Carlo, I see is at two levels. One, the fees you have to pay are far higher than you pay in a REIT index fund. So the fees per year will be typically 10 to 15 times more. In addition, you're not well diversified. You're crowdfunding into a very small number of projects, and so you're not getting real true diversification of how many projects and properties you have. So it's it's more risky than you would have doing the read index. Okay, looks like I'm staying put. I'm already on read index right now. Well, I and think that's the right wanted. place. You know, I kind of look at this, this is weird, but I look at this as one extreme or the other, like a barbell. I love for people to actively own and manage real estate and then I like for people at the other extreme just to own a REIT index fund. These things that are kind of fuzzy in between, I think are expensive and don't give you the necessary spread of risk. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 